Friends in Christ, God's grace, which is his undeserved love, and his mercy, which is God taking that love and and putting it into practice in our lives, and his peace, which is the result of that love. All three things, his grace, his mercy, and his peace, they are all yours through Christ. And it's in his name that we gather together this morning. And I don't want to be rude, but sometimes I I am, and I just got to be honest when I'm looking at you right now. Y'all look like you had a rough night. Um, you look tired. You, you look like it's been a long, a long week and maybe you, maybe you bought into the same dream that I bought in that this is that one magical night, right, where you get that extra hour and then you wake up and you're still tired in the morning, Right? But it has been a long week, especially for Houstonians. You think about what's happened in the last week? We have had a number of late nights cheering on the Houston Astros. And those games were not short. Taking us on into the, the late night. And yeah, they won a couple, but they lost one more than they won. And we know what that means. It It meant going to bed sad and disappointed. And then you throw into the mix there that it started to get kind of cool out, at least cool for for Houston. And every time it gets cold, maybe it's just me, but when it gets cold, you start to get tired. And you want to go to bed. And you don't want to leave bed. And then you throw Halloween into the mix. And if you have little kinder kids running around, and you get them on their sugar high, and then they miss their bedtime, and that makes you cranky because when they have to wake up, you have to wake up, and it brings us to today. You guys look pretty tired to me. Join the club. Well, if you are tired, and I think you are, you came to the right place this morning, and not because I'm going to be handing out pillows to you. You came to the right place. You came to home, a spiritual home, because we're going to talk about the remedy for how tired we are. We're going to talk about how rest can be brought into our lives. But we're not going to do it in the conventional way. We're going to do it through the promises of Christ. So what I want to do is I want to read to you on this welcome home to a much-needed rest Sunday. I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 11. And I want you just to sit and hear the incredible promise that is given and say, could it possibly be that that rest is for me? This is what it says, Matthew chapter 11. If you want to read along in your service folder, you can. Jesus, or I should, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. 
Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of our Lord. I, I just I want to I want to speak those words just one more time. Did you hear how awesome that that invitation sounded? How how incredibly amazing that promise was? Just just listen one more time. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It it almost sounds too good to be true. Because we've gotten our hopes up before. I'm going to show my age a little bit, but sometime when I was a kid, there used to be this, this uh, television commercial that would come on regularly. I, I don't even know what Calgon is. I think Calgon was like a, a bath soap, maybe? But do you remember the whole Calgon take me away thing? Some of the more uh, mature people here are saying yes. Yeah, it was, that, it was that ad about Calgon, take me away just because of all the, the things going on in life, but the promise that if you bought this product and you, you put it in your, your bath, you can just escape all things and find peace and rest. And I think sometimes we hear Jesus' words and we say, wouldn't it be nice if those were actually spoken to me? They are. Because when you come into the presence of God and you come into the presence of Jesus, God's Son who has died on the cross and paid for your sins, those words are meant for you specifically. You see, I want to go back to the fact that you guys look tired this morning. You guys know all about it. We normally talk about being tired in a very physical sense, and it's simply human physiology that we as humans get tired when our bodies start to wear down. We know how it is to put in a long day of work. We know how it is to check in in the morning and to work hard and diligently, and even if you have a lunch break and a couple of other breaks, even if you are able to accomplish the tasks at hand, your body starts to give out after a while. You need rest, which is why you get to check out at the end of a long day and you just want some R&R. You know physically what it's all about, whether it's the the real-life work of going into work or whether it's the real-life work of taking care of kids at home and running after them and cleaning up. Your body gets tired. You know what it is to feel that way. And so we have implemented things in society to try to recover from that. That's why we as parents, we like to tell the children, you need to go to bed now so that you are not a monster tomorrow. You need that 10 hours of sleep. And then there are naps. We love our naps, don't we? Even though we always, oh, I, don't, I don't take naps. Yeah, right. 
We take naps because we know how to recover. We need rest. We know how good it feels. But that's in the physical realm. What about the mental and emotional exhaustion that sets in? Which means you could be physically full of rest but emotionally wiped out because you have been giving and giving and giving of your, of your mind to other people or because you're burdened of receiving other people's problems. Welcome to the life of a mom, right? I think sometimes mothers have to go through that emotional toil much more than perhaps others because they're constantly thinking about those who have been entrusted to them and it weighs on their hearts and minds when things aren't right. They're always thinking about the next step. And so you can also deal with that. We know how important it is to kind of unplug at times, you know, to, to put the phone down or to turn the TV off and just to, to be quiet for a while to try to recharge those emotional batteries a little bit. But neither of those two sources of physical rest or mental, emotional rest are as important as what we're to talk about right now. Because Jesus is saying he wants people who are weary and burdened to find rest, did you catch the word? For their souls. Which means there's a third kind of exhaustion that, that takes over our lives that so often we try to forget about and minimize, and yet Jesus is saying, this is the key one to deal with. I want to give you an example of some mental, excuse me, some spiritual exhaustion that can happen. And the example I'm going to give you are from the sections right before this part of Matthew 11 that I just read to you. I think Jesus was getting tired. When he spoke these words in Matthew 11, I think he was getting tired because he realized just how spiritually exhausted the world that he was working with was and they didn't even realize it. That's why Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. What's he saying? He's saying, it's exhausting working with people who should know better, but they don't get it. And here are the examples. If you look back in, in the beginning of Matthew chapter 11, first of all, you have the situation where Jesus has disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had his entire ministry to point people to Jesus, and yet, now that John the Baptist had been imprisoned, his disciples were going out from John the Baptist and asking Jesus, so Jesus, are you really the one? Are you the one that we're supposed to put our trust into? Are, are you really our hope? Or is there going to be someone else and kind of implied, maybe someone better? How exhausting would that have been for Jesus? To have people look at him and say, are you really the one? But how exhausting would it have been for John's disciples who were wondering and caught in that, 
we know that we need a Savior, but we're not quite sure who he is supposed to, who, who he is. Is it possibly Jesus? That wipes you out if you don't know who you have in Jesus. And then you have Jesus also saying some very harsh words to some cities who had witnessed Jesus with his divine power perform miracles, but were ignoring the truth and saying, oh, Jesus, you're no one special. How exhausting that must be for the people in those cities to have stood face-to-face with Jesus, to witness his miracles, to be able to see that he truly is the Son of God, but to say, but we don't want any of that. In fact, we don't need that. We can be okay with God without you. And what they realized, or perhaps didn't realize, is that in both cases, the uncertainty of who Christ is or the rejection of who Christ is, what is it doing but putting these boulders back on their shoulders or on their souls? They're burdened because they haven't found rest for what truly ails them. And that is that we know we're not right with God. You see, the rest that we're looking for, it doesn't show itself naturally. What I mean by that is that if you're physically tired, your body starts to shut down and you know you need to sleep. If you're mentally exhausted, you need to tune out the noise. But when you're spiritually exhausted, when you feel like and you realize you're not right with God because the sins have burdened your life, it doesn't come naturally because our our natural temptation is just to try harder, to work at it more often, to give yourself a better chance and, and to try to please God that way. And what does it do? It just increases the burden until you reach this point of despair which is exactly why Jesus is looking us in the eyes this morning. He's saying, I thank you, God, that you are revealing something to those who are listening. You're revealing something that even a little child can understand if they would simply listen. And what you're revealing to them is that in me, in Jesus, you have someone who can truly give you rest. You can come on home, home to the spiritual family that you were meant to be a part of, and you can rest in my presence, and you can know that all of your burdens have been taken away. It's a much-needed rest. And so now listen as Jesus, with all of that, his background context says these words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, that's the kind of rest he's talking about. Is It's a, a spiritual rest for the biggest of burdens, which is our guilt and our spiritual insecurities. Do you realize how strange Jesus' words sound? Because think of how you handle it when someone that you are involved with is really tired and quite a mess. 
If someone's tired, what do you say to them? You say, man, you are a mess. You're tired. You're hard to deal with right now. Go and take a nap. Go and get your life together. Get out of here and come back to me when you're ready to talk. What does Jesus say? He says, no, you, the one who's the, the mess, you, you, the one who, who's burdened and, and, and not pleasant to be around, you, the one who, who continues to, to fall into that same sin time and time again, you, come to me. You're the one I want. Come to me so that I can take your yoke from you. This is the gospel message which relieves our souls of the burden of trying to earn our salvation. This is the message which renews us and restores us and puts us at peace with God. Yes, it even gives us rest. Today is a day that we also celebrate the Reformation. The Reformation can be described in so many different ways, and it certainly could be described as a historical event that 500 years ago changed the trajectory of the Christian church. But I want to boil it down to really a simple truth. In the Reformation, we have a rediscovery of where you can take your spiritual nap. That's what the Reformation was. It was the discovery that if you look at God's word and only at his word and you tune out outside sources and you simply let the word speak to you, you realize that you have rest that is found in Christ alone. As he takes our sin upon him and gives us hope and peace and confidence that we otherwise are lacking. It's the truth that we stand before God justified, which is declared innocent because of Christ's work. It's the truth that we are at peace because Christ has fought the battle for us. You see, when Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, he's talking to you and me, and he's talking to you and me forever. Because this side of heaven, the struggle continues. The burdens are real, and yet we get to leave them. Every day that we come home, we get to leave them at the foot of the cross and say, you take that, and I'll take what you have. That's how Jesus talks, isn't it? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for, my soul, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus comes and he says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened. I'm going to take that off of you now and put it on me. And I'm going to put my grace and my love on you. And now you get to live your life as my child, as my brother, my sister. You get to live your life now at peace. Oh, you're still going to need to take physical naps, and you're still going to have to endure challenges and conflicts, but you can always come back home to me 
and know where forgiveness is and know where peace can be found. This morning, I want you to leave here with true rest. But I don't want it just to be this morning. But rather, as you come and you gather with me over the next couple of weeks, and we gather as a family, I want this to become home in a whole nother sense because there is a powerful concept behind the notion of being at home. Because when we talk about finding a home, we talk about a place where we belong, a place where we can be comfortable, and a place where we have peace and rest. And I know that all of our backgrounds are very different. And for some of us, our homes are not a very pleasant experience. But the concept still remains powerful. When we come to the presence of God, in our spiritual home, we have everything we've been longing for. It's a much-needed rest. It's for you. It's for me. It's for our family. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.